0: Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang.
1: I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm alright! Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it! I'm putting my heart in this dog. Let's go, man! Let's go. Kane Gang! Kane Gang! Kane Gang! Kane Gang!
0: You're Kane listening Kane to Kane gang. Gang. Kane gang, only on Sirius Kane XM 145 Slam Radio. Boy, you agree? That's Kane Gang.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to another edition of the Kangang Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM channel 145 Slam Radio. It is officially game week. It's officially Miami Hurricanes versus Alabama. We are ready to go. Like the the build up the last 99 days, you know, again, we get into that countdown bird and it's like, it's here, man. Bird, welcome, welcome, welcome. What's good?
3: It's good, man. Man, just excited for this to be game week, man. But I tell you what, every day that we get closer, seems like the day goes longer and longer and longer. Now, here it is, man, before we hop on the airplane, you know, Friday, man. We got to go through a whole day tomorrow. It's probably going to feel like a dang week tomorrow, man.
2: (laughs) Hey, listen, all I know is I have one more day in a wake-up, and I am on a plane northbound to the ATL. So I'm excited about that. So speaking of the Miami Hurricanes, obviously, you know, there's a lot of talk. Uh, A lot of hype going on. Obviously, Alabama's the big bad wolf. You know, here we are, little Red Riding Hood. You know, trying to trying to make our way up there. And you know, there's an individual who's uh, just recently been covering University of Miami uh, football, the beat writer. Uh, So we'd like to welcome to the show here, uh, Kobe Price, uh, beat writer for the Sun Sentinel. Kobe, welcome to the Kangang Radio Show.
4: Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. I appreciate it.
2: No, absolutely, man.
4: Anytime that we
2: can uh, talk or chop it up with anybody who is affiliated with some type of uh, outlet with the University of Miami, we're more than happy to talk to people. So, Kobe, give us a little background about yourself. Tell me where you grew up. Tell me uh, what got you into, you know, writing and, and stuff like that.
4: Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, born in Indianapolis, raised in Chicago, uh, moved out to the Chicago suburbs, went through high school, um, went to college at Northern Illinois, graduated there a couple of years ago, and moved down here. I mean, really ride of school, moved down here. I was covering FAU and Inter-Miami uh, soccer at first and then shifted over to Miami Hurricanes beat and really for writing, you know, it just really started midway through college. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I always loved sports. I was a big sports guy growing up and I was able to, you know, merge the passion of wanting to stick around sports, but also, you know, like to chronicle and like to tell the stories that people care about, the fans care about. So I was able to kind of merge those passions, turn into sports writing and kind of turn into a, an a early young career so far. How did you? Uh, obviously,
2: Northern Illinois, that uh, good school up there. Being in from Chicago, what is it like being in South Florida compared to being up there in the uh, like the northern the northern part of the uh, country?
4: Do not have to wear a coat any day of the year <laughs> except maybe like <laughs> one or two days. I have a coat, in the closet I brought down here, <laughs> I've worn it once, and I pre- I'm pretty sure the one time I wore it was when I was leaving the state. <laughs> uh in the colder time of the year it, it's it's a different culture you know it's a different culture different vibe as much uh, I would say calmer and uh yeah, m- much calmer down here I would say more laid back vibe yeah. so that, that's that been the biggest takeaway for me just moving down here
3: now are you a Can Bears you, fan
4: no I'm not I, I actually grew up a Patriots fan uh because no, oh, wow, right? I grew up <laughs> I, I got into football when I got into football my family my, my mom and I we were living in Boston so
5: okay.
4: Who's your favorite? Uh, who's your favorite Patriot? Don't say Tom Brady. There's got to be somebody else. Okay, well he was because like think about like the age I got like he. So my introduction, like he wasn't even starting quarterback yet. Like my first year really watching the NFL, he it was Drew Bledsoe, and that was the same year he took mm-hmm. over. So mm-hmm. I was able to like from start to finish. I I can go through whole, on Tom Brady's entire career. If I had to go with someone else besides Tom Brady, which is actually a hard question, I would probably <laughs> go with. Dion Branch
2: or
5: Kevin Falk. Oh
2: wow, those are two those are two great names. I wouldn't yeah, have thought are. about that. Wow. Those, I have a, those too uh, I have a favorite Patriot. And uh good friend of mine, Vitz Wolfork. uh phenomenal individual, beast on the D line, and uh you know, love that guy to death. He's just a phenomenal athlete. So talk to talk to me about what you now again. You said you went to FAU, you were covering FAU. Obviously, right now you look at Nicosey Perry getting QB1 over there at FAU. Um, you know you cover in Miami but then you transition now you're at University of Miami is that your solely gig you just being the beat writer for the University of Miami or are you still like going back and forth and doing some other things?
4: Yeah, I mainly still cover at University of Miami then I also I've been covering the Miami heat um, as in a backup role oh, uh, nice. since I got here two years ago and I still will be doing that for the foreseeable future uh, even covering uh, even covering University of Miami just maybe not as much you know just with the football season but it may progress into that you know, as, you know, we move out of the football season.
3: Yeah. You a big basketball fan too, or?
4: Absolutely. Huge nice. basketball fan, Gripple Bulls fan. Right. Uh, so it's it asked, no
3: question who the greatest of all time is, right? What are
4: you
3: so it's no, no question who the greatest of all time is, right? Oh, come on. Two, Three. Absolutely. The original
4: 2-3.
2: Don't go with LeBron
3: 2-3.
2: You
4: got to go with the the black and red 2-3, bro. The (laughs) 2-3 turned what? The 2-3 turned 12, turned 45, turned back to 2-3 right there. Correct. Yes, sir. Right there. I think that's the order it went in. But, yeah, absolutely. That's the the greatest right there.
2: So how has it been, obviously, going down to Green Tree? A lot of people don't understand, like, Green Tree is a special place. And, again, I've been down there multiple times. You know, obviously you probably heard stories about you know Green tree and obviously you see former alumni walking on Green tree and what's it like you know seeing something like Green tree for the first time now again it's not like this immaculate like 20 million dollar you know facility Green tree is just a big open field right there in the middle of coral Gables <laughs> right so talk to me a little bit of what it is like you know to be out there on Green tree and watching practice and covering the University of
4: Miami it's crazy you mentioned that because when you know when I start have like the concept of you know I'm about to go to the University of Miami's football practice for the first time like this is the University of Miami is going to be like this brand new spanking like ultra techie, high tech facility like on the on the outside at least and you walk up to it, be like huh this looks like you know where Edwin James would have been running back in you know 20 years ago yeah. or you know go back to the 80s like it's very much like you can still kind of feel the 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 soul of the original great team still there just because it hasn't really changed. You know, I'm sure some people say for better or worse, but for better or worse, you can still get that same feel that, you know, players from 30, 40 years ago would still have, or 20 years ago would have had. And not to say they still like whatever, not compliant or not safe because it's still, you know, college college practice field but it does still have you know an old school feel to it because of the layout you got the sand pits all the way in the back on the right side when you kind of walk in it's like huh this does feel very you know old school and you can kind of tell like it, it's supposed to bring like i guess like a gritty old school feeling to it so it was, it was kind of surreal to be honest with you just walking out there for the first time that's awesome started
2: you know that's what they say that you know obviously there's banners over there obviously there's banners of all the all-americans you know so you know surrounding the fences You know, and again, there's a sign that says, you know, champions are made at Green Tree. You know, again, we we have so many former athletes and student athletes, let me rephrase that, that have went through that Green Tree practice field up and down, who even today come back, you know, before, you know, their NFL careers and their NFL seasons, and they're putting that work in. What's been the the biggest thing that you've noticed um, when you're out at practice? Is it the competition? Is it the... Um, the different intangibles, like, what do you see from, from a football fan's perspective, not just a writer, but from a football, uh, football fan's perspective, what
4: do you see out there? First thing I notice when I go to practice is uh, Coach T-Rob, that he's always the first thing that I see just because you hear his voice constantly uh, during practice. So he's just very, he's a very, and I'm, I'm kind of joking, but at the same time, I'm really not. He's just a very vocal guy, a very, you know, He's a commanding presence. And th- I think that brings a certain level of accountability to defensive backs because they're they're on they have to be on point all the time. I always treat out videos of him at practice. And yep. people are like, that's how it's done. That's how that's how coaching is. That's what you're supposed to do. Like get in them, teach them, motivate them, etc. So in that and from him, a micro level, that helps, you know, the, the defensive backs, but from a macro level, you can feel that competition, you know, as soon as you hear, you know, the the voices, especially his voice, the one of the louder ones. We can hear the voices, you can hear everything in the instructing and that that it's just almost i don't know it's 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 almost like a welcoming feeling but it's almost feel like oh am i really supposed to be watching this because like they're they're getting it like they're really being instructed
5: yeah yeah
4: it's just it's competition you know for at least for practice at its finest how
2: often how often are you guys allowed and how much time does university of miami allow you guys to watch or view practice and then What do you guys do like on the downtime, you know, things like that? Because obviously, you know, you'll see people from the media saying, oh, well, here's our 15 minutes that we got to we got the viewing from, you know, practice. Like, how does that get regimented? Is that through the school, through the coaches or uh, through the SID department? Like, how do you how is it structure when you guys go there for media?
4: Yes, typically there. So now, like before the the first couple of practices, when fall camp started, we watched the entire I think the entire first two practices from start to finish um but now now that we're into the season it's like 20 minutes that we get i want to say you get we get a 20 minute viewing period it's towards the toward the beginning of practice um and it's kind of i think it's more so you know the coaches connecting with the sid like saying you got they can see this they can see certain drills they can see you know quarterbacks and wide receivers you know t-rock pushing up the defensive backs or even you know some of the defensive linemen and all that stuff. But now, at least with the practice, the most recent practice we went to, it seemed like as soon as they were about to get on, you know, the 11 on 11 work, that's when we had to, you know, kind of, we had, we got, we got shoot away, basically. <laughs> the, the good stuff, the good stuff. We couldn't get the, the real good stuff. So yeah, yeah. We get to see a lot more so the drills, more so, you know, guys connecting and working, I guess, the individual skills. But when the 11 on 11 starts, that's when we really start getting shoot away and, you know, the real secret stuff starts getting busted out.
3: No doubt, no doubt. So, you know, you said T-Rob's the guy that's that's came out as as a coach. But has there been a player or maybe multiple players that, you know, I have caught your eye either with what they're doing on the field or maybe the way they're carrying themselves off the field? Can you share any of that with us?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's got plenty of guys who have stood out, you know, through these whatever, three, four weeks of camp that we've been able to watch. Uh, I guess I'm going to start off offensively, you know, I'm going to start with the guy that everybody wants to know about the Eric King, right? <laughs> everybody wants to know about the Eric King. How's he look? What's he doing after, you know, the ACL meniscus surgery, he's looked, you know, everybody says he's like the same old D. Eric King. Some people say he looks faster, even better than he did last <laughs> year. He's just, he's just there. Like you, if you didn't, if he wasn't wearing a, a sleeve over his leg, you wouldn't know that he you know, had major surgery earlier this year. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, looking at wide receivers, there's a lot of young guys who are really just trying to step up. A main one that's really stood out is Keyshawn, uh, Keyshawn Smith. Oh, yeah. You know, sec, uh, you know second-year freshman. Just a guy who didn't get a whole lot of playing time last year and didn't get a whole lot of reps. But you can tell uh, this kid's special. Like, this kid is going to – he can be a special guy at Miami for a while. And that – I mean, it seemed like that was the the case during spring. And it's, it's definitely carried over into, into fall going into, you know, he's, he's going to be – he's supposed to be a starter – on Saturday. So that shows you how much faith the, the program has in him. Then you have a bunch, like, all the – they call them the three amigos, the, the young wide receivers, the true freshmen. Mm-hmm. They're all just battling every single day. Elijah Arroyo, tied, the true freshman tight end. Just a lot of young talent who are also being mentored by, you know, the veteran talent on there that was able to return. Those are the guys. I mean, that's just, you know, the skill positions. That's just the offense. The Defensively, I mean, we can always talk about how big James Williams is, just how he's just a yeah. – the amounting of a man as a freshman so plenty of guys
3: so has there has, I mean you know what's the demeanor of the team been like from what you can see I mean is it a is it a confident are they like holding themselves with swagger out in practice or you know I mean are guys getting on each other and
4: oh yeah no they're, they're a confident bunch they're they're a confident bunch it doesn't matter we talk about them about Alabama and they're like yeah they're Alabama they are one of the great programs but I think Bubba Bolden said it himself, like, they bleed just like me. Their college kids just mm-hmm. like me. Like, they really have this – they're exuding this confidence of we can hang with anybody.
3: Yeah.
2: I think that's important, too, because, again, I, I believe college football not just as a talented – like, you you just don't have to be talented. I think you have to have the mental makeup, right? Because, again, we all know what Alabama is going to bring to the table. You know, Alabama goes down and scores a quick seven. You come down, you get a quick three. Next thing you know, they come down, get another seven. You're down 14-3. You throw a pick, they house that. Now you're down 21-3. What's the makeup of the team then, right? Where where's the maturity? And, and, and again, you can be confident all you want, but when the wheels fall off, the wheels fall off. I and mean, we saw that last year with North Carolina. It just looked like I think Carolina just scored again, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, it, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, listen, and that can happen on either side of the, uh, either side of the ball with either team, right? Miami can come in there and just steamroll Alabama. I know nobody's given Miami more than probably a 10. percent you know, opportunity to knock off the defending national champions. But at the end of the day, they still got to suit up, lace up, and, you know, and and play ball the same way Miami does. So to me, like, strap up and let's play. And whatever happens, happens. Again, I'm not a big person in moral victories, but if you can keep it competitive, again, it's 19 and a half point spread, right? If you can keep it within 10 points, and I I have Miami winning, but at the end of the day, if you keep it within 10 points, man, to me, taking a moral victory out of it, I mean, I think Miami's done due diligence, and they're the kind of talking to college football, like, look, we're here. We're, you know, we just, you know, hung with the big boys. So what do you think as far as going into this game, the mindset has to be from the coach and the players?
4: From, also, I'll take it from the player's perspective. I think the player's perspective is we have a game plan. We've, you know, we've had two weeks to prepare, execute. Like, yeah, those guys, you know, they're the defending champions, but, you know, they had turnover, like, We're always talking about this year, especially like Miami returned a lot of players, returned a lot of experience, a lot of guys like Alabama, because they were so good last year, they lost a lot of guys. And yeah, they're they're almost like a a factory. They're going to bring in some new guys. But at the same time, like there's still an adjustment period for them. So it's really for Miami, the players execute, execute, execute the game plan. Don't worry about, you know, who's on the other side. We just got to execute. We just have to, just whatever the coach has been telling us, we have to execute and be willing to adjust. If something happens, if something changes, we notice like a, a wrinkle that we didn't know about before the game plan, be willing to adjust, but simply execute the game plan that we have come into this game because it, it like it doesn't like if you can't, ex- if you don't at least execute, then you're not going to give yourself a chance, correct? Right? Because just from a talent perspective, people are going to say Alabama's probably better, but you can, but with lesser experience, you can at least be like, all right, so maybe Alabama may make some uncharacteristic mistakes because they do have, you know, lesser experience together as a group in certain positions, especially um, more so offensively than defensively. And then for the coaches, I think not just executing, but I think it's just be willing to adjust. Um, yeah, that's Nick Saban on the other side, but like kind of like what Bob Bolden said, Nick, Stace, Nick Saban still has a brain just like the rest of us. Now his brain may be, you know, holding <laughs> football secrets from a hundred years ago, but he's still, <laughs> you know, a human being. You, he can still... know he can still make mistakes especially with the group he doesn't know as well as he did last year yeah so just be willing to adjust if you see a wrinkle if you see a hole because there may not be many weaknesses on the team but it's uh as long as it's any team there is a weakness so whatever you can figure out during the course of the game figure out that weakness and see if you can attack it um at some point
2: no that's that's very strong and 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 i'm going to touch back on the whole thing with nick Saban here in a minute uh, we're getting ready to go to break here, first segment of Kangang Radio Show on Sirius XM channel 145. Chopping it up with the bird and Kobe Price from the Sun Sentinel. Give us about, you know, eh, a minute or so, and we'll get right back with you. Yo, what's up, baby? Let's
6: go. This is Tua Tungo by Lowe. Yo, Sway
1: Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael the Playmaker. every What's up? This is Gronk, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio, Radio
7: Serious XM. Yeah.
8: There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Good morning, amigo.
9: Hey, man, it, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manualapola, too, I'm, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You call if, him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manualapola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manualapola. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manualapola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manualapola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Viloa. See? That sounds much better anyway.
10: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 SLAM Radio.
0: We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 SLAM Radio.
1: I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. And now we're back with Cane
5: Gang.
0: On Sirius XM 145, Slam
2: Radio. All right, welcome everybody back to another segment here on the Kangan Radio Show. Chopping it up with Kobe Price, uh, beat writer for the Miami Hurricanes with the Sun Sentinel. You know, one thing that you just brought up in the last segment, you're talking about Nick Saban. You know, and again, Nick Saban's a guru, right? He's a genius per se. But he kind of reminds me of Mr. Coach Klein from The Water Boy, right? So like, like <laughs> <laughs> does Nick Saban have that I little green notebook? Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. Again, like this is where I think Manny needs to, you know. Manny can't look at, you know. Again, I think it was a uh, Reed. What's what's his first name? The smoking the Bandit guy. Uh, the, the other coach I was from, Louisiana, whatever it was, right? You can't look at Nick Saban, being Manny Diaz, you can't look over there and be all terrified. You got to be able to look at him and put the little puppy face on, on the guy and be like, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. We're at Lashley, draw up this play. You know, go in there. And, you know, listen, you have nothing to lose at this game. You literally have to go all out, pull all the bags out, you know, all the tricks out of the bag. I don't care if you're running like two running back, two sets in the back, you're running five wide. At some point, you got to make whatever you, you got going happen for this game. And at the end of the day, again, if you win, you win. If you lose, you lose this game here. Kobe does not make or break the
4: university of Miami's football season. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. And kind of going off your point, you know, I know they're not looking at it like this, and nor should they. But, I mean, we can say it because we can We can just be honest. They're playing with house money in this game, to be completely yeah. honest. Like, this game, is, like you said, it's not going to make or break their season. And this game, if anything, this is a, a game where you can really test yourselves. See how, like, see where you stand. Like, you get these games maybe once or twice a year. You get that against a Clemson last year. You know, see where you stand with the best of the best. See what you stand where, with the elite team so you can see what, you know, now you can see what do we have to do to become elite like we used to be. That's really what this should become. Yeah, win or lose. Like, nobody's expecting them to, to win. You, I think you said 10% earlier. I think some people would say 2%. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like, you're still going to play, the game's still going to happen. So yeah. make the most of it. Even if it's not going to come out of victory, say, you know what? We battle with the defending national champions. We push them to the limit. And you know what? We found out the kind of team that we are. And it's early. Like, the same, the team that's going to play Alabama isn't going to be the same team that's going to play north carolina october virginia. 16th or whatever that was or virginia, or even virginia whatever yeah. that was september 30th like it's not going to be the same team there's going to be some changes going to be some adjustments but at least put all of it out there right now so you can see all right this is what we need to fix this is what if it didn't work against alabama it's probably not going to work against nc uh yeah say or yeah, means- or or is like or you know what? This didn't work against Alabama, but if we fine tune this a little bit, it'll be really dangerous against the NC State or the UNC or you know name your ACC team that'll yeah. face this year. And I think moving
2: forward, I think that's a that's a great point because what works against Alabama, and if it works successfully, literally should work even better against the the lesser foes in the ACC. Right now, again, now maybe the lesser foes catch that on film and say, okay, well we're going to be ready for this, but. Obviously, Alabama is the upper echelon of college football. Miami used to be that. Miami has to get back there. So, obviously, you being new down here, obviously, you know about the hotbed and the recruiting of the local talent here in South Florida, whether it be Dave Brown and Palm Beach County. What's it going to take for Miami to continue to try to land the local kids uh, and keep them home? Again, we just lost a kid in, in Ja'Cory Brooks, who was at Booker T. Washington, who ended up going to IMG, who now is at Alabama. You have a kid like Earl Little Jr. Chances are, you know, he's at Heritage. He's going to Alabama. You got Marvin Jones Jr., local kid at Heritage, who's probably going to FSU. So, what's it going to take for Miami to try to continue
4: to land these local kids and help build Miami back to where Alabama is now? And I think it's almost like a, a, almost like a cycle, or it's like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Because sometimes you got to get the one of the two. It's almost like because I say that because a lot of people say it has to be winning. But some people say, "Well, you gotta get the recruits in order to win." I think for them, you know, they they're they're getting they're heading back up on the right trajectory. You want to see, but they have to impress in games like this because you know that's the thing. Recruits are you know they're human beings. They may be younger human beings than you and than all of us, but they're still human beings. They're going to be at some of them are going to be at this game. Some of them are you know they're going to be at this game you know thinking they're going to go out of Alabama, might commit to Alabama, and they'd be like that Miami team was actually a lot of fun. This Miami team, you know. Yeah. this Alabama team, I might actually get more playing time with Miami. Yeah, (laughs) maybe Just because, you know, just that's how it goes. Like I was thinking about that. So if you can at least show, like they may not have won, but they impress, they show it up. And if they could always feel like, you know, if I were there or if, you know, more talent were there, they could definitely take down an Alabama team. So I just think it's impressing in games like this, not simply winning, but just showing, hey, we belong with the elite, not saying that you're going to always beat the elite. But if you can at least show that you belong in the same class or even in a tier slightly below, then recruits are going to be like, that's the place to be. And if you play a fun, a fun style of football offensively and defensively, which I expect Miami to play, guys are going to notice that. And that's going to increase your talent pool. And so, as you know, the older guys start to you know move on, you're going to build up you know a younger base, and they're going to develop under those older guys. So, I think it starts with impressing against the best teams on your schedule and winning conference too. That
3: that always no happens. doubt, no doubt. So, depth chart came out a couple of days ago. Was there any surprises to you or anything you said? Wow, I, I you know I can't believe this.
4: No, no major surprises. I think the main, I guess the biggest surprise, which wasn't the biggest surprise, but still, I guess the biggest one was uh, seeing that uh, Amari Carter taking over the starting striker position for sure. Gilbert. Uh, that was the main one we saw in practice that, you know, Amari was getting some first team reps there. It was a competitive battle. I kind of personally, I'm not going to lie. I kind of just assumed or thought that Gilbert would get, you know, at least to start the season, the starting nine oh,
3: Gil was pretty much our best defender last year. If you if if you look at it, I mean, you know, he was the guy out there making plays. So, but you know, then Omari's natural position. Every time you know any of us would watch him play, we're like, man, that guy's a a striker. <laughs> you know, right. so seeing him go in there, you know, uh, just hopefully they got all the pieces in the uh, in the right place. You know, to me, seeing the the, the two uh, true freshmen in in Kitchens and in James Williams actually crack crack the uh, the depth chart was like, you know, wow. <laughs> um, because I, mean, I think both those guys are going to be special, so. Yeah, and I think
4: some of that was also, you know, yeah. injury. Because, you know, Brian, uh, I always mispronounce his last Ball- name. Balloon? Ballon. Yeah, Balloon. Yes, uh,
3: I'm I mispronouncing it, too. Yeah. I think it's, Bale, he,
4: it's Brian Balum. Balum. okay. He, uh, he, he's going to be out, I think he, um, Manny Diaz said, for long-term injury probably for the year. So yeah. he, he figured to be, you know, safety number three, but obviously he's gone now. Obviously, we bring in the Avante Williams situation. Obviously, he's been reinstated, but, you know, Manny told us already that he's going to have to work through, you know, he's not going to play in the first six games. He's got to get back conditions. So I think that's another reason why, you know, you get the two young safeties in there just because the safety depth has been hit. Uh, al blaze jr is a guy who's been getting some looks at safety during camp yeah. so he may be like the third team safety depending on you know the game or what they're looking for just because you know he's a guy who can bring some experience to that defensive back group if he's not lining up with at corner because you still got dj you still got tyreek and you still got uh Takori out there uh, at the cornerback so al blaze may not get the most playing time at corner so you may see him at safety at some point you know if he was able to get about 10 maybe 15 pounds heavier he would literally
2: probably be like a splitting image of his dad. His dad played and he roamed that back, you know, free safety area um, with like no holds bar. And, and I thought when he came to Miami, and obviously if you look at Al Blades Jr. His uncle, Benny Blades, like just one of the best that ever played at the University of Miami as far as the safety. So I was kind of surprised when Blades came in and didn't put on like more weight to kind of go to safety and just decided to stay a corner. But moving forward, I think the secondary, and let let me ask you if you agree with this statement. Do you think that the secondary is probably the strongest part of the University
4: of Miami's defense? Yeah, I would say so for this season. Yeah, I would. So, because uh, I think I was gonna say I think they're I think the just because they have the more experience and a little yeah. bit better pedigree than the linebackers. Yeah, and I mean. The defensive line, like defensive, I think it's really defensive tackle and corner, uh, secondary, to be honest. Yeah. The, 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 specifically, the defensive tackle. So they have that same experience. They have the experience, but they may not have, well, it depends, you know, health, obviously. But at least last year, I would say the secondary played better than. Uh,
2: no, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So one player in, in particular, that I, I'm kind of, no one's really talking about this kid. And and I don't know. And obviously, you'll be able to see, you know, you could talk more about it because you see it in practice. Avery Huff. Avery Huff, to me, is it just a specimen. 6'3", 225, speed. Like, I don't understand why he's not getting any opportunities to, to get onto the field. Now, again, I don't know if maybe he can't read the playbook, if the coaches don't trust him. I don't know. Have you seen uh, Avery Huff in practice? And if so, what does he look like?
4: I haven't really I haven't really noticed Avery to be completely honest with you during one of the recent fall camp practices. I I would say what I believe happened, but I don't want to get wrong on this. But I'm going uh, I'm going to say that I haven't really seen him out there. I haven't really noticed him okay. in practices recently.
2: Yeah. Because obviously linebacker being one of our weakest points. Obviously, I think moving Keontre from kind of that striker/slash corner area and moving him to weak side linebacker. I think that was a heck of a move on manny diaz's part because again they kick him run he can hit you know but then again you've got the bradley jennings you've got the wayman steves you have the corey flags you know tyreek austin cave looks the part you know he looks like he's got a a big like undersized big legs so again when our linebackers now you look at alabama's linebackers you look at miami's linebackers completely different end of the spectrum. (laughs) Alabama's probably got the best linebacker core in in the country. I I think those three linebackers could probably be starting in the NFL, like right now on, on the team. Right. But, you know, and that's what Miami used to be known for. Miami used to be known for those big linebackers. You know, you go back to Jesse Armstead, Ray Lewis, you know, Michael Barrow, uh, Darren Smith, you know, Dan Morgan's like Johnson Vilma's John Beeson's, you know, like, like Rocky McIntosh is like, we don't have those type of, of players yet. and, not having that type of player as far as in the middle of your linebackers does that concern you at all? Or I'm again, I'm just asking this because you're probably not a big Miami fan. You're just a beat writer, but does that concern you not having those type of linebackers going against Alabama?
4: A, a little bit, and we, that's something that uh, actually earlier today uh, one of the reporters brought up to Manning. You know, in terms of the size of the linebackers, because you know I uh, think Keontra and uh, think Keontra and Corey, I think they're both you know five eleven and light. Like, yeah, you know, big for their old positions, but still like light for linebackers. Uh, and he was, he, he, he many soldiers, like, isn't this kind of what Miami's about? You know, having, you know, he wanted more speed. He felt like, you know, last year they were a little too slow. So now I think there's overcompensation in terms of having more speed. I do worry about that, you know, maybe not against, you know, some of the ACC teams, but against Alabama specifically. Absolutely. Because Alabama, if there's one thing, they're going to be, you know, bigger. They're going to be bigger, at least, um, you're talking about compared to, you know, Miami's linebackers they're going to be much bigger like there's going to be a big strong team and they may the hope i guess is that the linebackers are going to be so fast they can't get pushed around because they're just moving around guys or they're moving two guys before you know blocks really start to they, they can shed blocks a little easier um so you don't know, you don't have a repeat for performance of what happened to them against north carolina Absolutely. So that's the hope, but at the same time I'm, I'm still even with him saying that i still am worried because there is you know a, a speed versus strength and size matchup and I feel like usually Alabama's going to win with their size and strength. Yeah. 100%. They you do know, that against, they do that against bigger, you know, guys, right. They do that against bigger guys who who are still fast. So that's why. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm anxious to see how they look because like I went up to Clemson last year and I watched the game. So I'm, I'm the type of a fan that I get in early. I want to watch pregame. I want to see how it's looking. And The guys at Clemson just look night and day as far as bigger, faster, stronger than the University of Miami. And, again, Miami's always been that team where you don't have to be, like, the biggest because especially a linebacker, they would always rely on speed, right, you know, getting to the ball, making the tackles, things like that. But, you know, when you look at Clemson and their size, it was just – I was dumbfounded by how big those guys were. You know, even, like, obviously with the Dolphins, you look at someone like Christian Wilkins, you know, like just he played on the Clemson D-line. Miami doesn't have those type of caliber D tackles, you know, going against the Alabama's, right? And, you know, again, I think Leonard Taylor can transition to that. Now, again, that's one guy. I was going to ask you, what has he been like watching at practice?
4: He, he's had a very strong camp. I, I think he's he's very impressed me. I know he wasn't on the two deep, uh, the two deep depth chart, but he's very much impressed me during camp. At some points, he was taking second team reps. When you know, I think when Nesta he was out. For a little bit of time for about a week or so so he, he's impressed i think some of it we just talked to coaches about it, he just needs to you know catch up to speed with, you know playbook and you know, just getting used to just getting used to the college level but he's gonna be he should be special on this level and i i very much expect him to get significant playing time you know as the season goes on or more significant playing time as the season goes on like be even i would say a regular rotational piece at that position as the season you know gets to the later stages he's yeah. been he's, he's been impressive Big, just, strong too
3: strong so i know we're going to ask you to, to you know for your for your prediction here And we got a couple minutes here until we uh, until we close out the segment here but i do want to ask you your old team that you used to cover fau is heading up uh to the swamp up in Gainesville. what do you think their chances uh are, are of coming out with a uh with a victory knowing what you know about that program
4: oh man i, I was it's funny you ask that because right before we got on i looked at the depth chart and it was just looking even though I just covered the team last year it was just looking different in so many different places, sure. um, even though a lot of guys came back, uh, I don't, I don't feel great about FAU chances against Florida. I just must be completely honest. Yeah. Um, it's not that I don't believe in the players. I just, I, it's, I have a hard time seeing, you know, them being able to bring it together in the first game with a new QB and some new guys yeah. and new roles. Uh,
3: well, we're always pulling but behind. I that post- do look
4: forward to at least seeing how they look. I'm not sure about how you know the result, but I'm looking forward to seeing how they look.
3: No doubt. So as yeah, as we're as we're looking here at the uh you know at at the uh, the Miami Alabama game, and what's your do you have an official prediction, and then maybe do you have an official win loss prediction on the season for us?
4: In, in terms of prediction, I would say for Miami Alabama. I'm I'm expecting, you know, Alabama to win this game, but I do expect Miami to keep it close. If you're asking me for a score specifically, I would probably go. I've been thinking about this all day. I probably <laughs> want to go 34, 23 Alabama wins. Okay. That's that's what I'm leaning towards.
3: All right. What about a season win loss projection? One more time. Uh what about a, a win loss projection for the season?
4: Oh, ten and two. That, that's my uh, ten and two. I the one obviously being Alabama is going to win, and I, I don't feel great about the North Carolina game right now. I I just can't shake it off right now. So I, I'm predicting that's their other loss.
3: Okay. All right. Good deal. Good deal. Well, Kobe, thanks so much for your uh, for your time today and for for jumping on and joining with us. Uh, we got to cut to break here, but uh, we'll be right back on the Can Gang Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel One Forty Five.
7: Look
1: what I found! A radio
7: Radio This
0: is Sirius XM145 Slam radio.
8: There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze.
10: But you I'm see why well,
9: it's a bad bro. idea to do that. I didn't bro. cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing, you're gonna be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look it back. back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing, thing nobody's crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you,
3: know, you can be a Richard sometimes.
10: <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM
0: 145,
11: Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs, and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov.
8: Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense.
6: I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions.
0: On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality.
6: Slam Radio, what's up?
0: From Enrique Santos, 1249, 24 9 Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
2: All right, so we're gonna try this again. We're gonna see if we can get uh these technical difficulties worked out. Obviously, uh, that's one of the things that happens when you're on uh StreamYard or a Zoom call and <laughs> internet's going up and down, side to side. You know, again, no, no. this is beautiful South Florida, so who knows what's going on with the weather. You know, I don't care if you got ATT. Uh, u-verse fiber comcast whatever man you might be even using a hot spot i don't even know what's going on but uh whatever it is what it is at this point
3: yeah no doubt no doubt so uh yeah so as we as we run into this season here um you know did you guys see any trap games on the schedule for miami any, any game i know we said the you know the the remainder of the 11 games are all winnable but what do you think the biggest trap game on the schedule is
4: trap game that's that's tough because I, I i've kind of wanted i part of me wants to say that uh, Appalachian state and week two is kind of a trap game yeah. just because you had and you come into week one with the intensity like the focus all on alabama and then you you worry about you know a little bit of uh, i guess uh, taking the the foot off the pedal against uh, against Appalachian state which is you know a good program you can't that's not the type of team i think even manny said himself that's not the type of team that you can you know lose your attention to, or, uh, take your eye off of that. That's the one off the top of my head right now. Uh, what do you, I guess, I'm curious, what do you guys think might be a trap game?
3: Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on the, uh, on the app state game because there's so much emotion popping into this, uh, to this game coming off Alabama. Right. And, you know, look, we're, we're fired up, man. And I said it earlier, you know, I, I've, I've, one way that I'm approaching this and that's, that's, I'm respecting Alabama as a program, but I'm also confident in what, uh, you know, in, in our ability and our growth and, and, and where we are as a program. Right. Uh, you know, but a lot of, there's so much going into this game, I think from the fan base, uh, you know, almost, you know, a ton of us are traveling to the game and, and getting ready to go out there. You know, the players have been hearing nothing but this, right. And then you're going to play the game and something's going to happen. You're either going to win the game. You're going to lose the game. You're going to get embarrassed. You're going to embarrass them you know, something's going to happen, right? And any one of those results, um, you know, is, is, is going to be emotionally draining on us, right? And then you're going to walk into that game against App State, you know, a team that's, that's, you know, confident that they can beat you the same way that we're going into the Alabama game. And, you know, who, who's to say what happens when we go into that game, right? So no matter the result, you know, it's, it's, it's all on Manny to, to prepare for that result and to, you know, to manage the team through whatever the outcome uh, is in Atlanta. And uh, have us in a position to uh, to be prepared for that game, and uh, you know put our best foot forward. So,
4: and I, I just kind of following up on uh, following up on your question earlier, NC State's another game. I kind of view in a similar light because for almost for the same reason as Alabama, you know you head into that North Carolina game like all right, this is probably going to determine the the division, and then you kind of just are too juice for that game, and de- depending on the result of that game, maybe say you win. You kind of take your eye off the ball in that sense against NC State, I believe, which is the following week.
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely, October
4: 23rd. So I think that's those two are the main ones. If you can, you can find a way to get past those. These should be in a good spot. Yeah. I don't see. I don't see any track game, honestly. I think
2: Miami is too far, too much talented, and and too far um, removed from being the the younger teams over the years. I think there's a lot of upperclassmen. I think there's a lot of seniority. I think there's a lot of leadership. Um, I don't think that they're the upperclassmen are going to allow um, maybe the stuff that happened with the FIUs, the Dukes, the LaTex. I think they've kind of right the wrong. They got rid of some of the the baggage that was probably you know kind of disrupting the team from you know from playing ball at certain times. Um, so I don't really see their trap game. Everybody wants to talk about the North Carolina game and Kobe. To me, honestly, North Carolina doesn't scare me at all. Now again, yes, they do have Sam Howell probably top three quarterbacks in the ACC. I mean, if you look at DJ Ungalayo, whatever his name is at Clemson, you look at Derrick King, you look at Sam Howell, you know, I think 1A, 1B, 1C, right? But their offensive weapons. You lose Carter, Williams, uh, Newsom, Brown. Like you lose a lot of players on offense. Now, again, they're going to replace those guys, but they're not replacing those guys like Alabama's replacing those guys, right? So honestly, Carolina doesn't scare me at all. What do you see Miami having to do Turning the page from Alabama, going into App State again, win or lose against Alabama, what does Miami need to do against App State to show the ACC that we're ready to play?
4: Just, just uh, you know, bring that same that same intensity that you bring to Alabama, bring it to App State. The same intensity. Don't don't treat you know treat App State almost like they are Alabama. Bring that same level of focus. You know, obviously you don't get the same amount of time of game plan, but bring that same level of focus, that same level of execution. And the ACC is going to be like, oh, these guys are for real. Like, if you can hang with Alabama and you bring that same level of everything, or not even same level, just take it to a different level because you're going to have you know a game behind you, the ACC is going to be like, oh, yeah, these guys are for real. These guys are real players. They're going to try to be you know contenders in this conference. They're going to try to play Clemson in the ACC title game, presumably Clemson because Clemson runs it. But that's <laughs> all you really have to do. Yeah. Just take that same attitude, that same intensity, that same execution, if not higher, greater. Yeah. Bring it, bring it to out of state. Bring it to out of yeah. state and hard rock.
2: No, I agree with that. Kobe, I appreciate that. Now, um, again, where can people find you? Again, we appreciate you jumping on internet. We don't want to take too much more of your time. Where can people find you? What's your Twitter? What's your IG? You know, how can people follow you and things like that?
4: Yeah, best way to follow me, uh, Kobe, at Kobe underscore P, uh, Price, actually, not P. It used to be P, now it's Price, at Kobe underscore Price, K-H-O-B-I underscore Price on Twitter. Uh, if you wanna follow me on IG, the Kobe Price is right, and yeah, that's the main—that's the main spots to really follow me. Hit me up at. That's stuff. Uh, the Price is Right, right? I like that one. And Kobe Price is right. Been dude, I did it since I think I got that in college, and it just stuck. I just wanna. I'm tempted so to change that, it on Twitter. Too long though.
3: Was that, was that the, the Twitter wasn't available or?
4: Too long, way too long. The Kobe Price is right. I was like, yeah, that's a little too long. But so I just did Kobe Price, Kobe underscore Price, but.
3: Good stuff, man. Kobe
4: Price is hey. right on Twitter too. Believe that. Hey, so Kobe, are you are you obviously
2: you're traveling up to the game um, to cover, or are you yeah, staying local?
4: Yeah, I'm going up uh, leave uh, Friday morning. Okay, through Sunday. So yeah. Well, maybe I'm maybe we cool. can link up
2: because I mean, obviously I'll be up there early Friday. Uh, you know, maybe we can link up. If not, uh, I'll look for you Saturday on the sidelines and uh, you know introduce myself in person. For sure. Again, for sure. we appreciate Kobe being here. Uh, listen, go follow Kobe Price. Uh, beat writer for the Miami Hurricanes on Sun Sentinel. Uh, Kobe, appreciate you joining the King Gang Radio Show and look forward to talking to you another time, buddy. Appreciate sure you having have me on. Y'all be appreciate easy. it. All right. Bye. Yeah, man. So that was good stuff with uh, Kobe Price and obviously, you know, obviously an opportunity, a good opportunity for him coming down here from Northern Illinois and being able to uh, plug himself right in. Obviously, FAU, inner miami and now, listen, I would take that gig at, you know, writing for the University of Miami. The problem is I can't write. I mean, I can write, but I can't write. Like I, like to me with like like you know, paragraphs are fine, but you gotta be like like the yeah. punctuations and like that's just not who I am, man. I'd yeah. I'd have all like, to...
3: words and all that stuff, man. That gets intense.
2: I literally would probably have to send my like whatever I'm writing into something in Google and say, you know, fact check this or check for punctuations or check for spelling errors and let me know if it's good or bad. So
3: so I got a, I got a question for you, man. I want to move into something that's completely non-King related here, right? Have you been watching this Bishop Sycamore situation, or do you even know what's going on with this thing, man?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, I even watched the game on Saturday or Sunday, whatever day it was on, I was watching it, and I'm thinking to myself, man, like, this team's getting annihilated, and I'm thinking, who actually signed this game up? Because I'm thinking, like, I was going, like, I watched the St. Francis-St. Thomas game, and that was a very good game, right? So then, all of a sudden, you start seeing this IMG Bishop Sycamore, and it's literally out of control about what's going on. Hmm. You got some, you got some kids saying that, like the rumors aren't aren't true, but then you have other, you know, players saying that it is true. I don't know what to believe.
3: Well, they, you know, some of the things that stand off right on the bat. I mean, you know, they played two games in three days, right? Right. Like, Dude that is that is unacceptable right for any for anybody man that's like that's like having a pitcher go 9 innings two days in a row right like you just you don't do that right um you know i mean even you could see if you like look at when you know players went down the the trainers that were over these guys yeah. you could tell they weren't they athletic. were like moms yeah it was like <laughs> team moms like what are you doing like you know, um, to me, I mean, it's you know, I wouldn't be surprised if if charges come out of this of, of some way, shape or form. I don't know exactly what they'd be. Right. But I mean, this is a this is a big deal. I mean, you defrauded ESPN, you defrauded IMG, you put their players uh, at risk of IMG of having these kids go against grown men, even though they embarrassed those grown men, um, you know, like either these kids were supposed to be going to a school, and I think they said they, you know, some of the kids have said, Yeah, we went to the library once uh and nobody did anything and it was a joke. Uh the kids were all supposedly living in, you know, in one house and sleeping on the floor cool. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, man. I mean, like it is just it's it's baffling to to read through this situation and try to, you know, try to fathom what's going on here, right? Like
2: I, i'm still, i'm dumbfounded i mean last I heard i think Monte Teo's girlfriend was going to bishop sick
3: <laughs> yeah but you yeah, listen as as always uh Twitter and social media have had absolutely no mercy on it man and there's been just a uh, a wealth of of memes and gifts and, and everything coming back uh coming back on it man so it's uh it's been something man i like gosh I don't even know what to say about it
2: i, I don't know man at the end of the day i think It's going to go by the wayside. It's going to be one of those things in 2021, just like COVID, right? It's something that just popped up and it's here to stay, you know. So, you know, speaking, let me let me ask you this, Bert. So, speaking of speaking of COVID, obviously, again, this whole strain, the Delta strain, whatever the case may be, um, they're still concerned. Like, obviously, I'm concerned about it. Um, You know, again, I have young kids and. You, you know, the Mercedes-Benz just came out with a statement that says they're going to have the – it baffles me, right? We're going to have the roof open. <laughs> what in the world does that mean that we're going to have the roof open so you don't have to wear a mask? Now, again, I'm I'm not a proponent of the mask. I hate the mask. Like Maria sure. would tell you, like, it just it's not my thing. I do wear it when I'm around people, per se, uh, when I pick up Grayson from school, you know, little things like that. But, like, watching a football game in a mask just – Man. Is not what I want to do. You know, I'm yelling, I'm screaming. I would rather have that coming out of my mouth, not going back in my mouth.
5: Right? <laughs> so yeah.
2: I don't think these masks were made for you to wear 10, 12 hours of a day, you know, kind of breathing back in your own bile. But at the same time, like, what do you do? Like, what do you do with
3: this? Well, I'm going to tell you what my stance is on. And that's all I can ever speak for. And, you know, I, I try to, to stay out of the opinions of what I should do. Right. You know, um, but. I mean, look, I've had I've had the shot, even though you know I'm not like a huge proponent of vaccinations or I'm not a huge anti-vaxxer. Right. Like yeah. I thought it was the common sense thing to do. So I went out and got it. And, um, you know, but even that being said, I still know I'm not invincible from it. So Correct. while I'm in the game with 70,000 other people, uh, you know, right up on top of us, roof closed, roof open, open air stadium, I don't care. I'm going to wear my mask the whole time. Right. And yeah. you know, I don't like it. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with it. I'm going to be yelling. Right. Um, but you know what? I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to, to bring something back home to the family, you know? Yeah.
2: I mean, no. That's- and, that, and that's a great point because at the end of the day, like, yeah, we're going up there to have fun, to go to a college football game. But at the end of the day, what's the end goal? Like yeah. I have, a, I have, a I have a four year old, right. Yeah. I have a 12 year old, obviously Zach's up at college. So, you know, but Ryan and listen, not you, Ryan, like Maria's Ryan, right? Like Ryan, like we go to dinner, man. When we went out, like he wears his mask. Like I got to give him the utmost respect. He's 15 years old and he doesn't want to get his grandparents sick. He doesn't want to get his dad sick. And like certain people take this literally serious. I had a buddy of mine call me today. We have a a mutual friend and uh, he's been on uh, a ventilator for about a month and he called me today and said, uh, doesn't look like he's going to make it. You know, and it's like, so and again, I asked him, you know, again, so what is his vaccination status? And he's like, no, I'm not vaccinated. Whether you're vaccinated or you're not vaccinated, right? At the end of the day, there's science behind it. Again, I got vaccinated because I want to be able to travel. And I want it's just like getting a flu shot, right? Like, look, I don't know exactly what's in this shot. But at the end of the day, if if the if Dr. Fauci or who the medical people are telling you, hey, you really should take this, why wouldn't I listen to that? You know yeah. what I mean? They're they're the they're the
3: experts, not me. You, you know? know, to but then, me, I was just saying, to me. I just I pull all political be- beliefs completely out of the equation for it. Correct. Like, I don't trust politicians to make my decisions. I think both sides are crazy, yeah. right? So you know what? I just make my own decisions, and I don't let them influence what I do or choose to do one way or the other. No, one hundred percent. So.
2: No, and again, it's, it's, it's like it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? You can't please everybody. You know, again, and I'm not even talking politics behind it. I'm just talking about for from, from my safety mm-hmm. and for the, for the safety. of You know, I have a coworker that he's not vaccinated. And it's like, you know, we're working, you know, kind of in close proximities. You know, like, what do you do there? Do you have to say, hey, look, man, like, I'm not going to say, you know, go pound sand. I can't work with you anymore. But like, but. Out of respect, I mean, listen, I'm vaccinated, right? So I, I did my due diligence, you know. But you should have other people that say, "Hey, look, you know what? I'm not really vaccinated. Maybe I should be wearing a mask around you, or because yeah. who knows? I, I could have, I could have COVID. Not that I do, but you know, I, that I don't even know about it and give it to this guy. And next thing you know, my man gets, you know, deathly sick. You know, I, I don't know. But yep. we're we're going to be in an environment on on Saturday where, and potentially even Friday night, because I think I'm going to go down to Buckhead and go to the All you know, uh, bash. Um, yep. You know, but again, I, I'm probably going to be wearing my mask, you know, and yep. if, uh, maybe I'll take it down if we're kind of talking or whatever the case may be. But for the most part, yep. I, I think I have to do the parental thing and do the right thing by my family and, and wear a mask, you know. So
3: no, I'm with you, buddy.
2: Oh, it's crazy, man. So anyway, so listen, we're uh we're almost finished here on the first hour of the Ken Gang radio show. We were chopping it up with Kobe Price over the uh, I like that. The price is right. Kobe Price is right. I know. What, what, um, a
3: great, what a great idea, man. It's like you need yeah. to you need to move that to your Twitter.
2: <laughs> so for anybody who's out there listening to us or watching us, I do I will be rocking a new shirt. Um I'm not telling anybody what it is, but I will be rocking a new shirt um, um coming on uh coming on Saturday, potentially even maybe Friday night. And I might even bring some extras just in case anybody's out there that would potentially like to purchase one.
3: Well, being, being your co-host, I already know what it is. <laughs> a, I think it's a great design, man. So I'm excited for you to, to share it with everybody. Yeah.
2: <laughs> as long as I can get them back from the printers in time, if not, we might have to wait. <laughs> we might have to wait to the App State game, but uh, I might <laughs> drop, I might drop it. So we'll see what happens. So anyway, Bird, we're, we're really against a break here. So, uh, tune in to us in a little bit when we get catch the second hour. But this to the, to the bird and the co. Here on the Kangang Radio Show on Serious XM, Channel 145 Slam Radio. Uh We'll catch you guys in a few minutes.
6: Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tootung by Iloi. Yo, Sway Calloway. This
1: is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the Playmaker Everything. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio, Radio.
7: Serious XM. Yeah.
8: There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases.
10: Good morning, amigo.
9: Hey, man. It, look, if they pick up Tua Niga Alapola, too, I'm, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't You I don't call if, him
10: that. I call him Tunga
9: Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigamanu Alapola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigamanu Alapola? Tua? I can't do it. (laughs) I'm done. Tunga vailoa. Tunga vailoa. Tunga vailoa. Tunga vailoa. Tunga Tunga That sounds much better that way.
10: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio.
0: We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio.
1: I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General, at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola, mi gente, ¿qué tal les saluda la diva, la potra, la caballota, la reina, y un
11: saludo a mi
5: gente
0: de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
2: You know, first hour, you know, went by pretty quick. You know, again, appreciate uh, Kobe Price coming on, Bird, and, and joining us. And again, I, I don't know what it was last night, South Florida. We had uh, some crazy storms and things <laughs> and that. But man, I, I, I thought I was talking to a robot at one point. But, Means a uh,
3: hurricanes are coming, baby, bro. You already know. So
2: you know, again, it's game week, right? It, it's time to get into to the to the biscuits and gravy of 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 our game. You know, Absolutely. prep and so. Here's the thing, right? Let's talk about quarterbacks. I want to talk about offense, defense, and then we can kind of, you know, trickle around for different things, right? So, when you look at the offense, everything everything's going to revolve around number one, right? I think that's first and foremost. How does Derek King play mentally when he again? Now it's not like playing your own defense, right? Like you're literally going against another team. How do, how does your mental fortitude stand up when you go to make that cut, knowing last time you played a opposite opponent? You tore your ACL, right? So I think in the back of your mind, you have to think about that. And again, everything's everything's gravy right now. You see him in practice, he's got the sleeve on, he's running, he's throwing. But again, I think there has to be some type of mental makeup about him running around against, you know, an Alabama, knowing that Alabama played FSU a few years back, and you know, some one of their quarterbacks tore their ACL in that game, right? DeAndre Francois. Yeah. So so Bert, what, what do you think about King's mental makeup going into this game?
3: Uh, I, you know, look, ever since the injury happened, I mean, you know, we were sitting there at the cheese it Bowl, right, when it happened. cheese you know, it <laughs> You know, walking through the tunnel, seeing the pain on his face, man. But, you know, even at that point, man, I had no doubt that this kid was going to make it through and that he was going to start this week one game in Alabama. And everything along the way, he's crushed every point along the way. Um, you know, there's – I mean, I, I think that mentally he's got everything that it takes uh, to – to show up and to, you know, to play, right. I mean, you know, who's going to say, I mean, you know, how he's going to get hit or where he's going to get hit or, you know, how hard it's going to be. We just don't know that, but, you know, I don't think that he has any fear of it. I think he's going to go and he's going to play his game his way. And, uh, you know, I mean, look, the guy's a Heisman contending quarterback. He's the best quarterback to play at Miami in insert amount of years. So there'd be a lot of them. <laughs> right. Um, you know, he's he's going to give us an amazing chance to win. And I've got all the faith in the world that, uh you know, that despite the fact that you're playing probably the toughest defense in, you know, in the country, that he's going to show up and he's going to do his thing, man. So
2: Well, one thing that concerns me is obviously, you know, you're running around, you're cutting, you're throwing, you're moving in practice, but it's non-contact. Like you made up a good point. Like sure. what when he first gets tackled, how is he going to react after that? Hopefully it's okay, I'm ready. You know, you, you hear that, you hear that, you know, you hear that all the time from somebody who's coming back from an injury. Oh, I just took that one time just to get tackled, and now my mind's right, you know. So I, I think he'll withstand, and I, and I think he's ready to go. I don't think the University of Miami would do anything um, to jeopardize the young man's potential career moving forward. If he wasn't ready, then I don't think that they would have him trotting out there as week one starter. I think cool. you, you chop it up, and, you know, again, whether it was, uh, you know, TVD, Jake Garcia, Peyton Matoka, Ryan Rizek, Whoever else is on on, on the squad, like, I think that, you know, if if King wasn't ready, I think one of those guys would have been, like, handling the load, you know, going into fall. But knowing that, you know, he's where he's at and he's ready to go, um, by all means, man. And I think he gives you your best opportunity to win this game. Um,
5: Absolutely.
2: I I mean, again, he's got 32 starts under his belt. Um, You know, he's got, you know, umpteen, you know, thousand yards, you know, a couple thousand yards passing, rushing, touchdowns galore. Um, and again, you need something like that. You know, you you need. I'm not saying like you bring like a McKinsey Milton into Miami to go against Alabama because I don't think that's where you would go. I'm talking about like a player, you know, trying to like not compare players, but someone like that. Like, but King, I think, is that player that brings you at least with high expectations to at least be competitive against yeah. Alabama, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you know, and you look at him, and you might say, well, you know, you look at that Milton situation. I mean, his his injury, like I'm scared for that kid coming back, you know, but his injury was about 100 times worse than than what uh, than what King's was. Right. So, you know, I mean, yeah, King, you know, tore ACL and everything. Um, But, you know, I mean, there's been no setbacks in the way, you know, he's been uh, or there's been no setbacks in the rehab. Um, He's been crushing every step along the way. So I got all the faith in the world and this guy coming in and leading us to the, you know, to the best possible outcome we can have in this game.
2: Yeah, no, no doubt, and you know it, it's crazy. It's you know you, you look at the hype, you look at the hype of the game, you look at the buildup of the game, and you know there's other marquee matchups. Obviously, you look at that Clemson Georgia game getting ready to you know trans you know transpire you know a good maybe half hour after Miami you know Alabama finishes up, and I'm ready. Man, I'm ready for college football. Like I'm so excited. It's literally I'm on a plane. I'm on a plane in the morning. You know, obviously, you know the show is going to air tomorrow on Friday. You know, here's Thursday, but like I, you know we're flying out tomorrow. And yeah. you know we'll be up in the A and we'll be up ready to go and I'm excited, man. So I think King, I think King is where it's at. And again, I'm not going to say King me, um, you know. But again, I think I think he has to have you know his best game. Um, I don't think King can have a subpar game and we can be competitive. So a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about, Bird, was the depth chart. Right, the depth chart came out and I was kind of surprised by some of the things on the depth chart. I'm, I'm surprised in a way where I'm I'm actually happy that there's things that are happening, right? So let's talk about the wide receivers. Uh, obviously, we know the quarterback is probably it's King, whether or not it's TVD, Jake Garcia, QB2. I think it's TBD, um, you know, and I think that's the way it should be going into, you know, week one, week two, and we'll see what happens from there. But the biggest obstacle, the biggest thing that I was, you know, kind of shocked was, was our, our wide receiver. What's surprising to me is you don't see somebody like Mark Pope or D. Wiggins part of that depth chart. What do you think about that, Bird?
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, Wiggins is on there behind, behind Rambo. Right. Um, But, uh, but yeah, Pope not being on there, you know, I mean, I said, look, either this kid's going to put it all together and he's going to show up and he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a, uh, a guy who, uh, you know, contributes this year or he's not. And, you know, like, look, it's all, it's, it's all been on him, man. And, you know, um, obviously he didn't. You know, he didn't do enough to hold these younger guys off that are fighting for opportunity. The yeah. Strepos, the Reddings, uh, you know, the the three true or the three true freshmen, and Jacoby George and um, and, and Smith and everybody. You know, um, yeah, he obviously didn't do enough to hold these guys off. And you know, I would be surprised if he doesn't enter the transfer portal at at some point in the in the coming weeks.
2: Or do you think that's an opportunity for him to push himself? I mean, obviously, he was. And again, I'm not a big proponent of five star recruits based on seven on sevens, right? To me, I want to see game film. I want to see guys going across the middle. I want to see guys taking hits. Like, to me, that, that means more to me than doing seven on sevens when there's no contact, no pads, and you can pretty much just run free, right? So when I look at people like Keyshawn Smith, I mean, he's six foot, 190 pounds as a freshman. Uh, Michael Redding, 6'2, 200 as a freshman. Uh, yeah. obviously, obviously, we probably got one year with Rambo. I think he just, you know, come one year and and, and leave, right? But sure. again, six one one ninety. Um, D. Wiggins is probably your tallest receiver at six three, almost two hundred pounds. Sure. Um, you know, then you look at the slot, right? You look at Harley five eleven, Restrepo five ten. You look at Rashard Smith, probably about 5'9", 5'10. You know, I, I think we have a lot of talent, you know, across the board on on the offense. Now, again, we're not even talking about Jacoby George. We're not even talking about Romello Brinson. Those are guys that I think eventually get, you know, major, major PT. I think the King has a a, a plethora of opportunity to throw and spread the ball clear across the, uh, across the field. Then you start bringing in people like Will Mallory, Elijah Arroyo, like, you know what I mean? So when you look at the receiver and you look at the tight end position, I think Miami has finally gotten depth and they finally got an opportunity to create separation. Um, as far as, you know, the ACC opponents go, because, when I look at the tight end, I think Will Mallory is probably the best tight end in the ACC. Um, yeah. I, I said this, I think, last year. I thought he was better than Brevin Jordan. I think he can potentially surpass everything that maybe Brevin did. Um, he's a bigger body. He's a bigger target. Uh, good route running skills. What's your take on on someone like Will Mallory moving forward, and what kind of what kind of season do you think he has?
3: Man, we've just been we've been waiting for Will to 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 just break through. And I mean look, this is the this is the year for him, man. Um, you know, there's so many weapons that are out there. And, you know, having yeah. guys like Har- like like Harley, like Rambo, like Smith out there, you know, that's gonna leave Mallory open, man. I'm telling you, like he's gonna get all kinds of opportunities to eat this year. Um, and I think Arroyo is gonna get him as well, right? I mean, we we say Mallory, but you know, Arroyo has has just been Lighten it up for everybody too. So, you know, in, in camp, I mean, he's been getting nothing but rave reviews coming out of there. So,
2: do you think Miami uses their wide receivers as kind of a decoy to try to hit the tight ends more? Um, <clears throat> because I see, I can see people trying to double up um, a Charleston Rambo, depending on what Keyshawn Smith does. Maybe that, you know, safety slides over and covers him over the top. Um, and again, I agree. I think the tight ends have an opportunity to kill the middle of the field, you know, seam routes, crossing routes, you know, just sitting down for yeah. first downs. The biggest thing that I think Miami's problem has been over the years is just the actual catching of the ball and maintaining the possession of the ball. How many drops have we had in the last couple of years that were crucial in drives, drive killers, game changers. And and this is what, and listen, going back to Mallory as a freshman, you know, I remember the Florida game, he had a couple drops. So it's one of those things where you have to be able to hold onto the ball because again, someone like Alabama, that third and five, and you drop the ball, that could be a that could be a huge killer for you. Next oh, thing yeah. you know, instead of you moving forward and keeping Alabama's offense on the field, off the field, now you're still eating time, eating time. And I yeah. look at stuff like that as as possessions, <clears throat> excuse me, as prolonging possessions, just like a turnover. Like, yeah. look, if you're not you're not giving the ball up, you're keeping Alabama on on the sideline. That that's a, that's a win win for you.
3: One hundred percent, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's the thing. Like, so with these guys, man, with all all these guys, right, whoever's out there, I think a lot of them are going to get opportunities. I don't I don't see, you know, one guy having nine catches for one thirty and two touchdowns for us. Right. I see a bunch of guys with two, three, maybe maybe the leading receiver has four catches from us. But a lot of guys getting the ball. Right. So for us to beat them, I think King's got to to stretch it out all over the place. And everybody's got to be in the right place when the ball comes to you. Damn it. Your hands better be working. There's no, <laughs> you know, there's no drop the ball, right? Like that thing, that that thing's coming to you. You better, you better be there and be ready to catch it. You know, that goes for you know both tight ends that are going to play. All you know, who knows? Maybe maybe eight receivers see targets. Maybe nine receivers see targets in this game, right? Well,
2: um, and, and don't forget about maybe the the running backs coming down yeah, the back right, sure. screen. So, and we're going to talk. We're going to talk about them next. Like you know, yeah. I mean, you have an opportunity to literally spread the ball around the whole field. And yeah. again, if it's not the receivers, if it's not the tight ends, then you got the running backs in the flats, maybe some wheel routes, you know. But having said that, Alabama's keen. They, they know what they're doing. Ooh. Their de- their defense is going to be on point. They see Cam Harris kind of sneaking out to the flat, <clears throat> and their, ru- their, their linebackers are going to be able to run with our running backs. Now, maybe not not all of them. You look at someone like Cam Harris, you know, 5'10", 215 pounds. He does not look like he's 215. Cam Harris looks like he's 245.
3: Like, like a bowling ball out right. there, he's so muscular, man. They,
2: they have him. They have Cam Harris, and they have Don Chaney listed as the same weight. I do yeah. not see how that is possible, but yeah. I, I just I don't know. Cam Harris is just like a, a specimen out there, right? And then yeah. you throw, then you bring in the speed guys. You bring in someone like Jalen Knight, Knight. You know, you bring in a Rooster, who again mm-hmm. still same height, 5'10", 5'11", You know, buck ninety, but just speed. Then you throw in like a Cody Brown. I think Cody Brown really gets at uh, RB four. I think that yeah. Franklin, as big as he is and as, as talented as he was in high school, it's still you still have to transition into the college game, and I yeah. feel like he really yeah. hasn't transitioned that far yet into the college game.
3: Yeah, and you really haven't heard a lot about him coming out of camp, right? Like yeah. some guys, look, doesn't mean he's gonna have a bad career or anything. You know, just yeah. some guys take a little bit longer to adjust when they come in. You know, like you know, I try, like look- at
2: on Gray, like Trayon Gray, right? Yeah. Like, bro, same kind of build, you know, big yeah. kid. Um, but again, barely got any PT, and yeah. you know, unless unless you're putting the work in, right? So I, we don't know. Like, like I, we were trying to—I don't know if we were trying to kind of get Kobe Price to give us, feed us a little bit more info that we were trying to. Like, <laughs> I think we were digging a little bit. We were kind of trying to scratch a little bit to get a little bit more. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, obviously, you don't really hear anything about that Franklin coming out of camp. I, yeah. I think the running back—the biggest thing for me—the running backs here is again, how's your O line hold up? How how hard do you run? But can you pick up your blitz packages, like your blitz packages? That's to me is key because if you have, I don't, whatever their DN is coming off the left side and he gets, you know, he gets by Zion, you know, that's
3: a, that's Will Anderson.
2: Yeah, yeah. Very, very
3: basic name, very elite performer.
2: <laughs> so you got Will Anderson coming off the left. You know, if he beats Zion, what's your running back gonna do? Does he step up? Does he try to chop block? Does he try to take him on? Like. This is where I think your your running backs have to be key in order to help your passing game.
3: 100 percent, man. I mean, that's the thing everybody talks about. What the what are they going to run for? But to <laughs> me, it's like, you know what running back is going to get out there and is going to take on uh, the blitzes and right and is going to hit their, you know, is, is going to pick up, um, you know, is going to pick up the blitzers and, and and make their blocks right. Same thing with the wide receivers too, man. I mean, those guys have got to be able to block on running plays too. And that's the that's the one thing with those wide receivers, man. They're all. Pretty much the same size, right? I mean, everybody thinks Harley's so small, right? But you know, Harley's five eleven, one eighty-two, uh, Keyshawn Smith six foot one eighty-eight, and then Rambo's six one, one eighty five. I mean, those guys are all really similar in size. I mean, only two inches of difference and a, you know, a handful of pounds difference, right? But those guys have gotta be able to block for us, man. You know, like
2: and that's key. Blocking downfield, I think, is oh, key, right? And 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 blocking the right way. Don't get you no know, stupid holding calls, you know, things like yeah. that, you know. You know, you next thing you know, you see somebody break for 40, 50 yards, and then you see the little, little yellow hanky hanging back there because you want to grab somebody by the jersey, right? You have to play smart. I think you have to go into with the ex- – like, here's the game plan. Let's execute. Be smart. How disciplined is University of Miami going to be when it comes to the flags, right? Like, again, I'm sure they're going to be hyped. I'm sure they're going to be jacked. Do they set the tone? Are we Robert Bailey, you know, right off the kickoff? Are we doing something like – literally to set the tone coming out swinging, because at the end of the day, you got nothing to lose, right? Yeah. Like so you're, you're coming into this literally as the underdog.
3: Yeah. So, you know, I mean, the, the guy that I think that they're going to bring in, that they're going to, you know, take a couple shots, right? Because I think it's it's in Lashley's DNA to to take a couple shots. And, you know, look, Lashley's an Auburn guy, right? Yeah. So, you know, look, he, he hates Bama. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure he wants to get in here and he wants to, this win. But, you know, I – would almost guarantee that we're going to see a couple of trick plays, reverses, something with Xavier Restrepo. Yeah, we'll
5: see
3: I, I, I think that's I think that's the guy who's going to you know who's going to make that. He's going to be
2: the X factor. The X, X factor. No
3: <laughs>
2: well, let's do this. Let's uh, let's keep chopping up. We're going to talk about the old line. We'll talk about some other stuff. We'll get into the defense. We'll be right back on the King Gang Radio Show here on SiriusXM Channel One Four Five. We'll be catch you. Uh, we got to go to break. We have to go to break.
0: Hey, look
1: what I found. A radio.
0: Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
8: There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze.
10: But you see why it's a bad idea to do
9: that? I didn't cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. And then you give me that puppy look. You're me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good thing nobody's crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom.
3: (laughs) You you can be a Richard sometimes.
10: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on SiriusXM XM 145, Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM
0: 145,
11: Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov.
8: Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense.
6: I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions.
0: On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique
4: Santos,
9: 1249, I Heart Latino.
0: And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
2: All right, welcome, welcome back, everybody. you know bird uh before we get into this next segment and start talking about the old line and things like that, I, I do want to offer my condolences uh to the amigo. He had a, a real close friend uh, pass away. Hmm. Um, I didn't catch all the details, so I don't want to speculate on anything. Um, uh, I just, you know, want to offer my condolences to, to the amigo and his family from the passing of one of his uh, real close friends, maybe, you know, maybe someone even like a brother to him. So uh, I don't know if you heard about that or not, but uh, maybe I had somebody pass. And so uh, again, here from the Ken Gang radio show, we, we do offer our condolences to to our main man, uh, you know, Larry, the amigo. Uh, we wish you all the best, man. Our prayers, you know, are there for you. If you need anything, obviously, we're here for you as well, man. Just want to, no. you know, shoot a text and just say thank you, or you want to talk or whatever, man. Just know that we're here for you. No.
3: So thoughts, thoughts, and prayers are with you, amigo.
2: You know, it, it's tough. You know, you know, not to get off off track, but like this whole COVID thing, it's it's rough, man. You know, wow. we kind of we kind of touched on it a little bit, but like, you know, look how many people now are literally backing out of the game. Look how many tickets now have just literally recently. Hey, can't make it, no. can't make it, can't make it, can't make it, you know? And, and again, everybody's entitled to their own opinions, right? I have a good friend, Sherry, uh, lives up in Tampa. You know, she's kind of like my, my, my ride or die, like for tailgating, things like that. Uh, she has some some health concerns and some other I mean, health conditions. And so she's actually, she's not making the trip. I think she just caught COVID. Yeah. She, she posted it on Facebook. And, you know, we wish her all the best too. All Everybody out there who's who's going yeah. through this, man, you know, we wish you guys the best. But but again, man, we got to keep ourselves safe, and we have to we have to think about our, our families, our friends, you know. Whether or not you're you're a, you're a blue, you're a red, I don't care what it is, man. And again, it's not a it's not a topic for a debate. It's it's just something that's serious, and unfortunately, it's <laughs> we're coming up on year two, you know, when yeah. this whole thing with
3: This thing, man, you know. Uh,
2: you know, and as happy as I am that college football is back, and as happy as I am that we're able to go to the stands, that we can go to our seats, and I mean, there's still concerns, you know, there's yeah. definitely still concerns and, you know, well, um, you know Even
3: like even with <laughs> us, man, I mean, you know, Kelly and Aaron, um, you know, my wife and daughter were all set and ready to go and jacked up until, you know, they finally started weighing it. And it's kind of like, Hey, you know, I think we're going to sit this one out and, you know, um, no problem. Right. I mean, you know, we, uh, we moved the tickets on and, you know, found a home for them and everything, but uh, you know, I totally respect that. Like if you can't come to the game, like, you know, or, or you're not, you don't feel comfortable. Like don't put yourself in a bad position. I mean, you know, I got the shot, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be wearing a mask the whole time we're around all those people, man. I just, not, you have to, I, yeah.
2: I think that's important. You know, again, obviously Mercedes Benz came out and said that, Hey, you know, masks aren't going to be required, you know, in, in the stands, if you know, because the roof's open, <laughs> like that, that, oh, made me feel, that made me feel real good. Because the roof is open. You don't have to wear your mask. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it's definitely, I have a friend that uh, went to high school with man, his name's Reggie Bo. And when mm-hmm. and all through school, all through school, high school, man, we were known as, you know, Bo and Co. And <laughs> it's just, I found out today that they're thinking about taking him off the ventilator, oh. I mean, you, know, you know, it's, I had another friend calling me today, my buddy, Evan, uh, one of our close friends, you know, uh, again, not saying, not saying this in a negative way, but just uh, an unvaccinated, both of these, my friends are unvaccinated. And uh, he passed away today because you Man.
5: know
2: he's on a, mu- a month and with oh, a ventilator. So the reason why I say this is because it's real, right? And, and for the probably the first eight nine months, bird, I swear to you, I probably didn't know more than two people who tested positive for COVID.
3: No, yep. now it's everywhere you look. Correct.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, whatever happened to just having the flu, right? Like it just yep. now you don't have the flu. now COVID's not something new. The Simpsons predicted this back in, like, 2004 or something like they that, They right? predicted so, Bro, like, like, the, like, and again, not to sound, like, hasty or, or be, like, in, ingenuous in any way, but, like, do you remember the episode where Kobe would crash in the helicopter on The Simpsons?
3: No. Bro. That happened too? Stop.
2: I swear to God. Bro, I I swear to God. Like, it's, it's one of those things, bro. Like, it's literally – like The Simpsons wow. can The Simpsons can literally, if you want to know what's going on in the world, just watch The Simpsons. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. All right, so let's get back to uh, let's get back to our O line. Let's let's still continue to talk about the depth chart because sure. we got about a segment and a half left, and uh, you know, obviously, then we're we're ATL bound. So our O line, I feel like, is finally to a point. And again, I'm surprised. You look at someone like Jalen Rivers. You know, yeah. big prospect came in. You didn't hear nothing about him last year. Just mm. work, work, work. And then all of a sudden, hey, you know, you're, you're looking at the rotation and you're looking at the, the depth chart, and I'm like, wow, okay. Let, let's take a look here. You got Zion Nelson starting at left tackle. You got Jalen Rivers um, at the at the right, at the the right left guard, I'm sorry. Um, I think Corey Gaynor locks down the center, and I think Ja'Kai Clark is probably the center in waiting, right? Um, yep. And then, look, it, it's great to see Big 5-5 Five Five back out there. You know, yeah. again, you talk about oh, yeah. a big run blocker, bro, 6'6", 350. Like, man, you yeah. got to be able to move somebody, right?
3: Um, well, he, was, he was at what, like 370, 380 last year? I think he topped four. Did he really, you think?
2: My understanding is he, he topped at four. Now, I could be wrong. I, I definitely could be wrong from what I've heard. Uh, maybe but he, he was definitely up there.
3: Maybe he got on that keto that the bird's on.
2: Well, you never know, man. I
3: mean. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm, man, I'm, I'm 31 in seven weeks, man. 31 pounds down in seven weeks, man. That's so. awesome.
2: You know, exactly. and then and then you look at Scaife, right? Scaife moves out. He moves from the guard to the tackle spot um, on the right side. Um, and again, he started all 11 games at right guard. So yeah. I think there's some flexibility going across the offensive line. But what's nice is Corey Gaynor started all year. Uh, Scaife started all year. Uh, yeah. Zion was kind of you know you know back and forth a little bit last year. But finally, we have continuity. We have chemistry, and we have depth.
3: Yeah, you know, and I, look, man, you know, I don't think Corey Gainer gets a lot of love, man, but. I always see him doing the right thing, man. He's always holding his block, man. You know, I, I think he is a good and underrated center for us. Yeah. You know, but he he never gets love, man. Ever.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's just like the big ugly. Like, how do you like when you look at the I'm trying to think, is it the is it the Remington Award for the best?
3: Remington and, Remington's interior offensive lineman. So it's a center or a guard. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I mean, look, remember when when uh Brett Romberg won that award, right? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. What all did he do to win that award? Because basically, you're hiking the ball and you're blocking. So might, I don't know. Might have been
3: thinking. that highlight where uh, what was it? Willis was was getting loose and he ran down the field. He was oh, basically bro. outrunning uh, Lewis, outrunning uh, Willis, and uh, laid somebody out. I think that was the screen pass against FSU in 2002. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was an FSU game. But I, I like whenever I whenever I think of the name mm-hmm. Brett Romberg, I just think of that <laughs> that play and watching that big old center trucking down the field and just bow and just smacks that dude man
2: well another name that's kind of interesting when you look at the depth chart is someone like uh kaylon herbert like this kid I, is he's I been around he's been around for a long time obviously he signed in 2017 um but he opted out last year again like players have the opportunity to, to opt out like then uh mm-hmm. jamar chase jamar chase opt out last year as well
3: yeah, for you. yeah a bunch so, of guys
2: so I again Depending i can't knock bunch but, yeah.
3: of guys man yeah so when you
2: look at, you know, another another big body, six five three hundred 300 pounds, right? I don't know if you're, you're soft as soft serve ice cream or not, but at the same time, you're just a big body, you know?
3: Yeah. Well, I think Jared Williams is probably the backup at all those. And, and honestly, man, I mean, I think when they, you know, an hour before game time, we're going to get a list of four or five guys that are not playing, that are suspended. And, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent in the scape situation, I've just got this feeling that, you know it's going to end up being Jared, uh, Jared Williams talk starting to throw out, yeah, well, the right and I mean, obviously, yeah,
2: because everybody obviously it's been out there that he got arrested or got pulled over, um, yeah. for, for having a gun, even though he was going through the proper channels of getting it concealed. And but yeah. at the end of the day, man, you're still carrying a, a gun and it's not registered to you, right? Yeah. Like,
3: you know, better, right. <laughs> So know you're a target, right? You know, like because you're because you're a Miami football player, you know they're gonna pull you over and you know they're gonna see you with the gear on, right? Because every football player wears their gear and everything they do, right? And they're gonna know, oh, you play football at Miami, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and you know what are they gonna want to do? They're gonna stick it to him, right? You know, so even though he probably didn't do anything wrong and and whatnot, you know, he's still gonna get held to it. Larry Hodges, another guy in a similar situation, I think Larry Hodges is probably suspended for this game too.
2: It's, I mean, obviously, Avante Williams is kind of you know. Well, oh, yeah, we know Tay.
3: We know. We know, know Tay Day for sure.
2: <laughs> but you know, again, there's got to be some type of accountability for these kids, right? Like you just can't give them passes. You know, right. if you did something wrong. Now, what, what what kind of baffles me though is you look at the kid from Clemson. Um, I want to say his name's Fred Davis. I could be wrong. Oh man, doing like 120 miles an hour,
3: and, Hit and injured a postman, a yeah. postwoman, woman, right?
2: Yeah, doing 120. I guarantee you he starts week one.
3: Yeah. He probably doesn't start start because he's a true freshman, but I get what you're saying. Like, he's going to be active and and available.
2: Like, where is the accountability? It's not like you were doing 45 and a 40. Like, you were doing like a buck 20.
3: Yeah. So, I put that on Twitter, and I had people, oh, you know, I I said Dabo has zero effing integrity, right? Because, like, look, if if somebody makes a mistake like that, especially a young kid, a freshman like that that's driving a 120 miles an hour and, and injures somebody, you know, they need to be held accountable. I'm not saying the kid needs to be kicked off the team or anything, but you know, he needs to, he needs to know that he can't come in here and just cause he's a good football player, get away with it. You know? Well, I think um,
2: Dabo to me, Dabo lost all credibility and I lost all respect for Dabo. Uh, go back a few years ago. He said, listen, if college players ever get paid, I will quit yeah. my
3: job. Yeah. Yeah. And now here, here we are. <laughs> You know, and, and where, yeah, you're still collecting that ten million dollar paycheck. Just, man. just, just throwing it out there. You know, yeah. what about your
2: good old boy, your biblical beliefs? You know, like yeah. stand, stand your word. I don't care if you quit for a day. Like yeah. stand your, you know, stand up for what you wrote. Right? You're gonna yeah. walk the walk. I mean, if you're gonna talk the talk, you gotta you walk, yourself,
5: walk the walk, man. You know,
2: one hundred percent. But it's different, right? They're factories. You know, they're just talking about. It's all about winning up there. And until yeah. something, not, until someone knocks them off the pedestal, then it's not gonna change. And, yep. and speaking of that, I got Clemson losing against Georgia, um, and and I don't think it's close.
3: I know. I think I think it could be close. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's the best game of the of the of the weekend. Right? No way.
2: One versus fourteen, bro. <laughs>
3: Two versus three, man. I, I got to go with that. But look, you know, that's I think the, the the top game. But I still think we're winning, man. You know.
2: I I think you have to. I mean, at the end yep. of the day, like it's man. Let's play. So. Let's let's flip the script. And let's get on the defensive side of the ball because again, you know my stance. We're gonna get right into the the whole defensive end right yeah. now, and, and I'm excited about the DNs. And, and obviously, we don't have a Jalen Phillips. We don't have a Gregory Rousseau. We don't have a you know a Quincy Rocher, You know we don't have uh, you know a Joe Jack. You know those guys coming off the edge right. But or Trent Harris. You know again, those are great yeah. players. I played at the University of Miami. But when you look at the when you look at the depth chart. You and I, obviously, you know me, but, like, that whole Zach McCloud situation from Rip, you know, and when I found out about it going into the bowl game, I was ecstatic. I'm like, bro, this literally can be a blessing in disguise, moving 5-3 and putting his hand in the ground. Yeah. But how many people wanted to laugh at us?
3: Oh, yeah. Look, I've been lockstep with you on that, man. So I'm not, I'm not going to let you claim that one You on your own, man. I've, I've I've, been in complete agreement uh, on, yeah. on 53 and, you know, on, on his ability and, you know, him being in the right place now at, at, defensive end. And, uh, you know, really the, you know, one of the things we've had for all our off season interviews, like anybody who's talked about Jess Simpson has raved about him. Right. And, you know, I mean, actually, I don't know who's the best coach on defense now hearing all the stuff about T Rob too, and hearing about how fired up he is out there on the, but, you know, we know Jess Simpson is an amazing teacher, a fiery leader. Uh, and he's a guy that is really, taking a liking to yeah. Zach. And, you know, I think he looks at Zach is like, hey, look, everybody's rode this kid. I'm going to turn this kid into a success, right? Yeah. And I'm going to turn yeah. this kid into a producer. Um, so, you know, look, I'm not saying Zach's going to be first team, all say ACC, you know, first-round draft pick, anything like that. But don't be surprised if this kid, you know, creeps up there at seven, eight, nine, ten sacks, um, you know, a couple forced fumbles, right? Like has a really productive yeah. season.
2: Bunch
3: of TFLs. Yeah, yeah. I'd I mean, got all over that. Yeah, and being in the right place. I mean, you know, Zach's got a great motor, right? I mean, I know, you know, last year, obviously, his mobility looked awful on tape, and he'll be even the first one to tell you that, right? But, you know, look, the kid was injured, and he was fighting through an injury, and it was probably stubborn of him not to say, hey, I probably shouldn't be out there. Right. You know, but he's already, you know, he's healed from that. He's had a whole off season with Feely. Um, you know, I wish I, I do wish he would have probably put another 15 pounds or so on just to get himself, you know, up there. Um, but you know, look, I mean, that's the thing, like, you know, like what Kobe said about, uh, about Manny Diaz in his press conference yesterday, like, hey, you worry about your guys being undersized? No, they're fast. <laughs> Correct. You know, and, that's, well, that's-
2: and, and I think that that's, that's with note worth noting too, because like Zach is, I mean, he's up to 255, he could be up almost to 260 by now, right? Right. Um, but again, 220, 230 as a linebacker, you you put on 25, 30 pounds, and again, it's it's good weight, right? So sure. when I look at the the surprising thing was, you know, again, and, and on the other side, you know, you have uh you have Harvey that's starting over DeAndre Johnson, like the transfer coming from Tennessee. I think everybody's foregone conclusion was, oh, hey, you know, I'm sorry, St- yeah, Stevenson. Um, I'm sorry, Johnson, yeah, DeAndre Johnson coming in from Tennessee. Like he's just automatically plugged into that starting role as you know, like a Jalen Phillips, you know, Quincy Roche type player, you know, from the portal. But listen, you got guys that are hungry. You got those young guys that want to eat, man. And you know, Harvey put into work, and he looks like a freak, uh, another specimen that's just a freak out it's there.
3: The day he got to campus, he looked monstrous, and now yeah. even now that he's been in there for what is it, two years now in the in the weight program or in the right. strength program, I mean, he's he's a legit monster.
2: He, he's definitely big, and then you know, you look at. um you know, look at Chance Williams, who, again, 6'4", 250 as a freshman. Yeah. They're bringing that depth. you got Quentin Williams. Um, you know, so at the end of the day, we'll just see what happens, man. They've definitely yeah. got a, a lot of opportunities. And I think all of them play. I think there will be a rotation-type situation. Yeah. Um, but we'll see what happens, man. But uh, they they need to play well. I think the ends uh, need to play well.
3: Yeah, you mentioned Q, right? And he, he's an intriguing guy to me because he's kind of a – you know, he's a guy that can really play on any spot in that defensive line, right? And uh, you know, I think he's a guy along with Elijah Roberts that could come out of nowhere and start making some plays. And we're like, "Whoa, look at this!" Much the way JHH did last year, right? I mean, nobody was talking about JHH preseason, and then all of a sudden he gets in there, and we're like, "Whoa, yeah. see that play? Whoa!" Yeah. You know, like, and they're making moves, man. So
2: we'll see, man. Obviously the 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 suspect the suspectable position is going to be our linebackers. Oh, like yeah. again. I don't care what anybody says. We're small. No. We're small. I don't care if we're fast or not. We're small. And you know, again, you look at you know, 300 pound linemen coming off into the second level and grabbing somebody who's five eleven, you know, two twenty five. It's not going to end well, right? Yeah. So unless you literally are that fast where well, you can run around them, but we're going to get into some of the, the the other groups. We'll get into the linebackers. We'll get into the strikers. We'll get into the safeties, and then we'll finish up, and then uh, we're on to Atlanta. So. Stick around with us. We'll be back here on the Kangang Radio Show on Sirius XM Channel 145.
7: Hey, look what I found.
1: A radio.
0: Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
8: There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick.
10: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM
5: 145,
0: Slam Radio.
11: Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, Friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov.
8: Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm
6: constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions.
0: On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique
9: Santos, iHeart Latino.
0: And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio.
3: All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Can Gang Show, our final segment here. Cole uh, and I are absolutely ready to hop on, a, on an airplane here and uh, head to the ATL, man. How, how ready are you, brother? Are you already packed?
2: Uh, that is a negative. I am not packed. I am ready to go, but I'm not.
3: Yeah, a- everything's everything's laid out on my bed right now, man. And I'm, I'm going for two days, but I've got like seven days worth of clothes, bro. I'm bringing like so many. Everything I bring in has Miami on it, too, of yeah. course.
2: I mean, like, listen, I'm, I'm all about that, right? Because at the end of the day, it's it's that orange and green. It's let's rock and roll. Let's get ready to, to rumble. Um, I just, man, like, I'm there. I'm ready to go. I just I got to pack. But at the end of the day, like, I haven't done anything yet, and that's the problem. Yeah. I'm too busy doing other stuff. Oh, so.
3: yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, so when we were on our last segment, we were talking, uh, we're talking defense, got through our defensive line, and, we're just moving into the uh, the linebackers and the striker position, man. So, yeah, man.
2: L- listen, I, and I think that's going to be the biggest question mark for the University of Miami is how can they how can they condense themselves to where they don't leave their linebackers out on the island, right? Because I think that's going to be our our make or break telltale, not against the ACC opponents, but obviously against Alabama, right? Now, if they sit there and they write the shit per se against Alabama i'll put my foot in my mouth but i just don't see it happening right but at the end of the day i think they can use this game as a stepping stone in order to progress now if they get completely destroyed on the linebackers if alabama just gashes 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 the middle of the field i think something's got to be done
3: yeah I- yeah i mean the, the one thing that i that i love i think you know we moved uh we moved guys down right like moving carter down um you know and, and Keontre uh you know, Keontre moving him down as well, you know, speed kills, man. And I think that's one of the only ways to really keep up with with uh, with Alabama. But, you know, we can be as fast as we want. We got to be in the right places at all times, man. So, you know, I'm uh, I'm really, you know, kind of hoping. Right. Hope's not a strategy, but I'm I'm really hoping that. You know bob shoops the guy who's scheming the game plans i know manny's calling it in during the during the game but i think bob Shoop's really our de facto defensive coordinator right uh, you know and he's had some success against alabama man and you know that's one thing about these alabama teams man they don't they don't tend to change too much in what they do they're just really good at what they do so um you know i'm hoping that this speed can uh can come in and you know, remember Corey flag too playing in the middle you know, he he was given a getting a lot of praise too as just a kid with a good head on his shoulder who's smart, who's got a huge heart. Um, and that's really what I want to see out of a middle linebacker. So I'm I'm really kind of hoping for the best out of him.
2: You know, the, the thing with Bob Shoup, and, yeah, you know, he's had success against Alabama, but that was years ago. Like nobody's had success, you know, success against Alabama in the last really, you know, six, seven years. Yeah. Um I, I think they, they they I think they have to go into this game not being afraid. I think they have to go in there and act like they've been there before. I feel like, you know what, it's it's big time college football, just like when you were playing in high school. You know, you have your big time, you know, rival game in high school. Right. So don't look, you know, don't make it bigger than it is. Just go to the game one game at a time. And again, like we said numerous times, this this game doesn't make or break Miami. I think it all comes down to that October 16th game against UNC. But believe it or not, I think Bottech beats UNC.
3: I, yeah. I would love to see that. I didn't, I didn't pick it, but I mean, I can totally see that happening, man. And I would love every instant of it if it does. Cause look, Vatek's going to be hype, man. Um, you know, I believe that's a night game. Yeah. Right? Why wouldn't they? Yeah. It's a night game tonight, isn't it?
5: Uh, is
2: it no, Saturday? Saturday. I don't
3: know. Dude, there's, there's so much on the schedule, which I love. I think there's 17 games on a, on Thursday night here tonight. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. But, uh, yeah, we'll see, man. But, you know, one stat stands out to me. You know, Miami, as a program, has more wins against number rank, one-ranked teams than any other program in the country. We've been oh. that underdog, man. We've been there. We've been there as a school, as a fan base, you know, uh, uh, as alumni, right? We've been there before. See, even Grayson agrees.
2: Well, we have to act like we've been there before, right? We have to act yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah, Grayson's. he's – Uh, I just picked him up from school – so obviously he's, uh, you know, kind of acting the fool right now.
3: Oh, no, um, supposed to, man. That little kid has more energy than any other than any other child I've ever seen in my life, man.
2: He's definitely a ball of energy. And I don't know what I'm going to do to contain that eventually.
3: But, <laughs> you can't stop it. You can only hope to contain it.
2: Well, that's the whole thing, right? Like he's, <laughs> he's got that mindset where it's, hey, dad. Hey, now, now everything's, hey, dad. Hey, Hey, dad. Hey, dad. And I'm like, bro. Like enough with the hate dad. And uh but you know what, you gotta love it. He's a four-year-old, you know, he's excited, and you know, eventually, you know, looking forward to taking him to some games mm-hmm. where he can like really start to understand the game. And yeah. uh, yeah, that's a good thing about having kids. So, you know, again, I, I think our linebacker core with Corey Flagg, Tyreek Austin Cave, Sam mm-hmm. Brooks, you know, Wayman Steve, Bradley Jennings, you know, it's you know, Avery Huff, and then looking at the strikers with Gill and Amari. And, and again, I was a little I was a little surprised um that that Gil you know lost that starting spot but if you look at amari amari fits a part of that of that you know yeah. of that mold right so i'm not saying that amari shouldn't be shouldn't be there and i just think it's a good battle and it's a good battle to have when you have competition so and with
3: with amari with amari playing with amari playing it maybe we should rename that role targeter instead of striker oh bro <laughs> i'm wah. kidding i'm kidding i play, wah, I play. Wah, wah. no i didn't look I, you look I, I want i want to see nothing more than amari do well in that position and you know i think it says something that he beat out gill for the you know for the bold on the uh on, on the on the depth chart right
2: but if, if you think about it Gill really didn't have any competition last year right no you know, and again and, and and i think we've already mentioned this, but someone like uh, Keontre, you know moving over to the linebacker position is only going to benefit him as well you know what i mean yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's uh it's definitely gonna be interesting. But one thing, you know, I know everybody's beating the beating the linebackers to death, right? Every year we have a position group that we beat to death, right? And then every year it ends up being something else that ends up being the weakness during the year, right? Correct, correct. Feedback, it was offensive line, it's been uh it's been quarterback before, it's been wide receiver before, um, never really been D line, <laughs> right? But uh corners for a while, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and now it's it's linebackers' turn. So, you know. If, if history tells us anything i think it's that the linebackers are probably going to end up having a better year than most people expect and there's another position somewhere on the team that we're going to be looking at and this time next year we're questioning the same way we're questioning the linebacker position
2: you know i just seem like the last couple of years and that's and that's the hard part just the last couple of years you know again you take away you know the the 16 class with you know shack and all those guys and pinkney and mcleod when he was there like we, we really haven't really recruited heavy, heavy linebackers. And I'd like to see that change, you know, but I think, like we talked about earlier with Kobe price, a lot of it stems from you have to win, right. And not only win, but you also have to, you have to win the recruiting battles too. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of opportunities to, to, to do what you have to do. And I think Manny is actually doing the right thing. And we've said this numerous times winnings i think is going to resolve a lot of different things moving forward if you win it's like the field of dreams like if you build it they'll come right <laughs> so i mean if you win potentially they'll, they'll come <laughs> yeah. so we'll see how that plays out but yeah, it's you know
3: that old getting the egg thing like kobe was talking about though right yeah.
2: i mean that, <laughs> you know. i mean how do you how do you build when you don't have the recruits that you need yeah you know so i i get it man it's, it's just it's it's a definite it's a a two-edged sword it, it really is because you yeah. got to be able to produce and you got to be able to get the good talent and, and again sometimes a good talent just wants to go sit on a bench somewhere else so you just yeah. have to take it with a grain of salt you know i think the the most the most eye-pleasing of our defense is going to be our secondary you yeah. know I, I think there's so much talent there you know again you get you get a big huge uh transfer and tyreek stevenson you know again he, he was te- definitely was a miami kid from the go and then obviously we kind of know what's going on with that situation. But, yeah, you know, again, be, be, it's good to see him come back home, you know, to Corey Couch, Al Blades, even though he might be going over to low safety, you know, DJ Ivy. Um, you know, it, it should be interesting to see how, how that all plays out on the secondary. Um, obviously, Bubble Bolden, I think, is going to be your key leader back there. But, again, you sprinkling in the new guys, the Cam Kitchens, the James Williams, you know, people like that, I, I think you have to play them from the beginning.
3: You know, you know I think he's going to play an interesting role, and I thought he was a surefire starter. Uh, but you know, we've been here and he's been kind of moving all over the secondary is blades, right? Yeah. Correct. I think we're going to see him at, you know, four to five positions in the secondary at various times this year. Right. Cause I mean, you know, he's pretty diverse, diverse out there. Right. You yeah. know, He can play safety. He can play corner. He can play in the slot. Right. So, you know, um, well, we're going to, we're going to see a lot out of, out of blades this year. And, you know, I've always, I've loved the Corey couch. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of surprised that he's not that that nickel corner, right? And like a, in that old Trajan Bandy role. Um, you know, I mean, of course, we're going to see when we get out on the field actually how it goes. But uh, you know, um. the coaches
2: have. That's the thing about these coaches too, right? So they definitely have opportunities to make things to make things better. You know, they have the players there that can can be better now. They got to just the coaches got to be able to put the players in the right spots at the right times. Um, I don't think there can be any lollygagging. I think they have to sit there, you know, don't get caught up, you know, again, looking into the backfield. Just play your assignment. Watch your guy. Because obviously, you know, Alabama with Aggie Hall and John Minchie and um they got, you know, the, the Ohio State transfer, Jameson Williams. They have a lot of talent um on the outside position the wide receiver. So
5: yeah.
2: um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how Miami can handle that. And, yeah. and, if they, and if even if
3: they can handle it, and if they can't, I think we're in for a long night. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you there, man. 100%. So we'll see. I mean, it, you know, to me, when, when the depth chart came out, you know, I mean, there you know, it wasn't a ton of surprises to me, right? But the one that did stand out was uh was DJ Ivy, right? Actually cracking the, you know, the bold. And a, he's an aura with Tyreek. But, uh, you know, I was kind of surprised to see Ivy on there as a starter.
2: Yeah. <sighs> I mean, Ivy's doing what he's supposed to be doing. I mean, listen, Ivy's got the frame, you know. He's yeah. got the build, you know. He's got the length, and, and that's what you like to see with corners, you know, especially long corners. But it, there's just been too many times where I feel like DJ's taking, you know, play after play off, and it's, you know, you got to play twenty four seven. You can't just 100%. sit there, you know. And, and I think that's kind of been the knock on on DJ for a while is just the the lack of, you know, focus over, you know, over a certain amount of time.
3: Yeah, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. Well, you want to run into the special teams here real quick? And kind well, of- yeah, because
2: we, we got a few more minutes here on, on this show, on this, you know, this, this episodes. And obviously the special teams I think is going to be a, a huge, huge success for Miami. Um, obviously we already know what's going on with Lou Henley, but then you look at, you know, again, they just brought in a new kicker from Australia as well. Um, that should be interesting to know how that goes, but let's, let's get in and talk about number 31st, 1st Let, let's talk about three zero. You know, obviously, you know his older brother. You know came over here. You know won the uh the Lou Groza Award. Do you think I'm not even calling him baby? Do you think his? You think the younger Andy Borgalis has an opportunity to break all kinds of records at the University of Miami?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Because look, I love Jose, but I think Andy can be even better, man. Like if you watch the if you watch the 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 clips in practice, man. Um, I mean he is just. He's booming it, and he's dropping it. And uh, you know, look, we've 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 hung with Andy. He sat in sat in the stands and watched a couple games with us last year uh, for the whole dang game. And you know, I'll tell you, just knowing him, knowing his brother, knowing the, the family, uh, you know, this kid's got what it takes, man. He's got all the ingredients to to get in there. And you know, I know I know we're gonna get into predictions here when we when we close out the show, man. But, but I'm, I'm a sneak peek. I'm predicting him to win the game for us.
2: And and that should be kind of an interesting battle, you know to see yeah. what happens.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think between Andy and, and, and Lou, as far as, you know, kicking pairs going, I, I mean, I think that should be a top pair in the in the country. Of course, you know, it's, it's hard for anybody to say that off the bat because he's got to, you know, Andy's got to get out there and prove it and show that, you know, that he's able to take that pressure. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he has a great kicking game in, in Atlanta here in, in a couple days, and uh, I have no doubt that – um you know that he's going to be getting a lot of national attention you know plus shout out to the man number 58 you know clay james he, clay james you know does a great job snapping too and you know um that's so essential to being able to to make field goals and to be able to, to drop punts where they need to be man and, and you know i don't think clay gets enough love and recognition as far as what he does to you know to happen in that so you know, that's
2: a that's a that's a long snapper is such a, a huge integral part of your game right because obviously whether it's field goal whether it's punting you know again you got your head down you're snapping it then you got to look up then you got to run downfield there's a lot that goes into that so i respect the heck out of kids that take that role i mean and listen you can have a luxurious you know luxurious career look at john denny he played for the Dolphins. i think he's like 14 years or something like that play a long snapper
3: there's so many guys that have done it and honestly like if i had to do it all back over again I would go back and I would become a really, really good snapper and go take a 15, 20-year career in the NFL. Because after you get in and you do it a couple years, man, like there's no there's no losing that spot, you know? No, I mean,
2: it, I mean literally, you know, you well, had that. And
3: actually did, but.
5: Yeah, yeah.
2: So I, I, I've i been trying to figure this out for the last couple of days, Bert. So you and I, obviously, we're, you know, we're on StreamYard. You can see me. I can see you. But literally, like the last couple of days, you've been reminding me of somebody. i i literally just found out who it was today you have any idea
3: i hope it's something good but go ahead bull hurley over the the top you know
2: seen in a movie over the top with sylvester Stallone?
3: oh i don't remember here let me see are you kidding me i'm googling it here hold on Bull bull hurley hurley oh get out of here bro
2: <laughs> Come on with the goatee, no, the ball head. <laughs> I'm losing weight, not gaining weight, bro. Come but no, I'm man. saying though, like <laughs> the, the, the massive goatee and, and the ball All head, right. like he looks like Bull Hurley. I even showed that to Purtle.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, god, that's gonna be great!
2: <laughs> oh, so, man,
3: so, a minute left, man. We got to get our predictions in. Let's here.
2: go. So, I'm gonna let you go first. So I got a couple games right. for you. All right, so got, FAU, FAU, Florida.
3: Oh, FAU, Florida. Just because I hate Florida, even though I think it's not going to happen, I'm going to go FAU and the okay. Cozy Hive.
2: All right. Clemson, Georgia. Clemson. What's the score on that? 28-21 mm, Clemson. All right. And then Miami, Alabama.
3: 31-30 Miami. Oh, Last you got 31-30. Wow. 31,
2: 30. All right. So those are, those are the three games I got for you. What do you got for me?
3: Uh, I'll get the same for you. So FAU-Florida.
2: I'm going to go Florida, but I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be like a 31-24 game.
3: Okay, okay. Clemson, Georgia?
2: Um, I got Georgia. I got Georgia 34-24.
3: All right, gotcha. All right, and then Miami, Alabama, man.
2: I'm closing out the Kang Gang show
3: with this prediction here. I got Miami
2: (laughs) 34. I got Alabama 27.
3: Hey! All right, go Canes. We'll see everybody in Atlanta.
0: Peace! The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.